Why should you bother listening today? Well, my friend, reading. Reading skill development is the reason why you should listen today. Reading skill development continues to be one of the most common questions that I get. And today we're going to reinforce the most important ingredient to a successful self-study reading plan. After today's episode, you'll know how to find great reading resources that you'll actually want to use. And you'll be able to determine if that book you're holding in your hands is actually going to work for you before you invest time, effort, and maybe even money into reading it. So keep listening. Well, hello there, and welcome to the Speak English Fearlessly podcast. This is the podcast for motivated English learners who want to speak English fearlessly and learn practical tips and strategies to conquer the SELPIP exam. I also love to feature encouraging interviews with regular people, people just like you, who are working towards becoming fluent in English so we can learn from their experiences together. Who am I? My name is Aaron Nelson. I've been an English teacher for over 16 years, and I now work to help students prepare for the CELPIP exam through online classes. I surprised myself last week. Remember when I told you in the last episode, and I'll link back to it in the show notes, that I was taking some books back to the library that didn't work out for me. Do you remember me talking about that? And do you remember that that is a vital part of preparing for the CELPIP exam? And your English skills in general, by the way. That is that you need to be willing to pivot or change directions if the book or resource or class you're working with simply isn't working for you anymore. So, last week, I did that. I took my books back to the library, even after I had invested a few weeks and had gotten halfway into the book. I just wasn't enjoying it anymore. It was time to switch. And if you're just joining us today and you have no idea what I'm talking about, you should jump back to the previous episode. Again, there's a link to that in the show notes. Well, the surprise for me was picking up a book from the library all about podcasting. This was a surprise for me because I had been trying to read young adult fiction to give my imagination some playtime and to try to hone my skills as a writer. I picked up this book about podcasting because of a few reasons. Number one, the most important one, I love podcasts. I love listening to them, and I love creating them. What you're listening to right now, I really love to make. And reason number two, I want to become a better podcaster. So when I saw that book sitting in the library, I thought, hey, I've heard other podcasters mention that book. I think I'm going to grab it. So I did. So instead of picking up another young adult-focused book, which... I have to admit, was kind of my original intention in going back to the library, I found myself 
drawn to a completely different something to read. And as I saw that cover, as I saw that book sitting there looking at me, waiting for me to grab it, I suddenly found myself wanting to learn. The reason why I'm telling you this story today is that I wanted to share the experience with you of picking a book I was interested in that wasn't necessarily a for fun book. And when I say for fun book, I've got my fingers up in the air doing those weird air quote thingies. Yeah, when I picked that book, I didn't pick it just for fun. But what intrigues me is that I am completely enjoying it now as I'm reading it, just like I was enjoying that very first book I told you about several episodes ago. I'm learning in this book about podcasting. I'm learning from a veteran podcaster who has thousands of podcast episodes out in the world. And I'm having a great time in the process because I'm excited about the topic. Does that make sense? This little story is meant to illustrate the most important idea of today's podcast. And I've shared it before, but it's so important that I want to share it with you again today. The most important ingredient in a self-paced reading plan. In other words, the most important ingredient in a reading plan that you are in charge of that will help you to develop your skills for the SELPIP exam or your English skills in general is this. Can I get a drum roll, please? You need to be choosing reading material that you're actually interested in. You should be looking forward to picking that book up again so that you can keep reading it. You should have a hard time putting it down when you're reading it. It should be something that captures your imagination or thoughts when you're not reading it. In other words, you're thinking about it easily when you're doing something else. Now, can you say that about the material you're practicing with? You totally should be able to. And if you can't, and you're the one picking the reading resources, then it's time to change what you're reading. Remember, you're in charge. Also remember that to be effective, your reading material doesn't have to be boring or painful to read. Now, if you aren't the one picking the resources that you practice with, I've got two bits of advice for you. Number one, don't be afraid to request a change. Or don't be afraid to register negative feedback. Kindly, gently, politely, let your teacher or tutor or school know that the reading material that they're offering you is just not working. It's not interesting. Ask them if they could make another suggestion for you. You might not be able to change your reading material, but if the school is good, they will value your feedback. <laughs> Remember that awful, boring book and the awful, boring course that that book was attached to that I've told you about several times now? The one that I couldn't get out of because it was a part of my master's program? 
that class was the worst. In fact, out of all the classes that I took and out of all the books that I read, that was the worst, the worst, the worst class, the worst teacher, the worst book I've ever been in or had to read or had to sit through in all of my years of school. And that, my friends, is saying a lot because aside from that terrible book and that terrible class, the only other worst thing for me was math. And I've shared stories about my awful math experiences before in this podcast. But yeah, that material, that one in in that master's program that I just couldn't get out of was the worst. And at the end of the course... I'm so thankful that there was an opportunity to register your feedback. They asked for feedback about the teacher. They asked, well, the they is the school, my mentors, the ones who were working with me to help me to grow and develop my skills. They asked me to send in my feedback. And boy, did I give them an earful. I let them know exactly how the teacher made me feel Like, I didn't have a clue ever about what he was teaching. He made me feel like I was, well, I hate to say it, dumb. Because it always felt like he was talking over me and using the biggest words possible to express the ideas in the most complicated ways. I won't go into the book. There wasn't any part of that book that I enjoyed or that I can understand or that I understood. Every paragraph... It felt like another language to me, even though it was in English. Yeah, it was bad. And I wrote them an honest letter of feedback, letting them know how pointless it was for me and that it just seemed it was way over my head. And you know what happened? They got back to me and they thanked me. The school thanked me for my feedback, and they told me that I wasn't the only one to complain. Now, that was exciting. They even said that they were going to look into the course to make changes for future years. So, I hope that my feedback and the feedback of my other peers who were complaining about it changes that course for the poor students who need to go through something like that in the future. So yeah, don't be afraid to give feedback. If you do it in a polite way, like even though I was being honest with my feedback to the school, I wasn't rude about it, but I did be, I, I was honest. I was very honest and I was very frustrated in my letter, but I did let them know in a nice way that that course just didn't work for me. And I explained why. And I think that if you do the same thing, it might help you Maybe, maybe it will help you. Or it might just feel good to get it off of your chest. I don't know. But look for ways to give feedback that are constructive and that are polite. And who knows, maybe, maybe the school will work with you so that you get something different to work with. You'll never know unless you try, right? This podcast is brought to you by the Selpip Success Lab. Are you struggling to get ready for the CELPIP exam? Are you feeling lost about where you should be studying first and how you should be studying once you get started? Do you ever wish you had someone you could practice with? 
who could give you personalized feedback, and who also helps you to see what you're doing great at already? If that's you, then I want to invite you to come and work with me. I've got 10 spaces open for motivated people just like you who want to get moving towards their self goals. Will one of those spots be yours? Join me today in my Selpip Success Lab. You'll get friendly support and encouragement, practical classes that you'll actually enjoy going to, and meaningful feedback that will help you feel more confident about your English skills. Together, let's conquer the Selpip exam. To find out more, go to www.selpipsuccess.com forward slash member. That's selpipsuccess.com forward slash member. The second thing, if you are still stuck reading, I'll just remind you once more of one of the things that my one of our professors taught us on in the first week of our orientation program of that master's, uh, I keep saying program a lot, but during the first week of orientation of that master's degree program, one of the professors said something that just stuck out to me. He said, you don't have to read every single word of every single book that we give you. In fact, if you try to read every single word of every single book that we give you, you're not going to finish your work on time. Master the art of only reading what you need to answer the questions that we give you. And if you're interested in the book later, read the rest of it. But focus on reading just to get through the course material. I took that to heart when I had to slog my way through that horrible book I told you about a moment ago. I did not read every word in that book. I did not read every chapter of that book. I only read what I needed to read to answer the questions and to write my research paper at the end of it. Oh, man. I tried my best to hardly read anything in that book. It wasn't easy, let me tell you. But yeah, keep that in mind. If you have to read a boring book or material that you're just not interested in, remember, you might not have to read every single word. See if you can only read enough to answer the questions on a test or to answer the questions on a book report or whatever you might need to do as a response to that text. And remember, when you're done reading, when you're done working your way through that material that you aren't enjoying, make sure you continue looking for reading materials that actually do grab your interest. I love coffee. I love it. I love to drink it every single day. I think it's fair to say that I have a coffee habit. Like I said before, I drink it every day, and I don't like going without it. I can, but why? Why would you want to do that to yourself? That's kind of what having a coffee habit is all about, isn't it? It's enjoyable, so you repeat it. It's something you do regularly. And my friend, I would love it. I would love for you 
to have a reading habit in English that feels just like that. Something that you enjoy doing and you repeat it because you're having a good time. For me, I think that that is the easiest and most enjoyable way to improve your vocabulary because you don't even know that you're doing it. You're having such a good time reading the book. And also, reading a book that you love is the best way for you to increase your contact with English because you probably don't even realize that you're doing it. The point is this. If you enjoy what you're reading, you'll do more of it, period. And this applies to both fiction and nonfiction reading material. Now, let's talk a little about how to find the right material or book. Practicing the ideas I'm about to share with you will help you save time, lots of effort, and maybe even money as you choose what you want to read next. Point number one. I've already said this. Find something that catches your interest. Check the cover. Does it grab you? If it does, you might have a winner. Check out the book blurb. Book blurb? Uh, maybe you haven't heard that word before, but it's a thing, I promise you. A book blurb is the text on the back cover or inside the front cover that tells you what the book is about. It's like a little commercial for the book. Does that blurb grab you? If it does, you might have a winner. But keep this in mind. Just because the cover and the summary or the blurb of the book on the back, just because those things look interesting, it doesn't always guarantee that this book will work for you. Remember that book I keep talking about that didn't work out for me? Not the horrible, horrible book that I was telling you about in my master's degree program. I promise I'm, I'm going to try my best not to mention that book again. But the one that I was reading a couple of weeks ago, the one that I ended up taking back to the library, yeah, that one. Well, the cover of the book looked pretty good. So did the summary on the back of the book. It seemed interesting and exciting, so that's why I grabbed it. And it was also coming from the right area in the library for what I was looking for, the young adult section. I read the first few lines because that's kind of a quirky thing that I do. In my opinion, and this is just my opinion, the first line of the book has to grab me and pull me in. If that first line doesn't reach out and take my imagination over, I quickly put the book back. That first line from that book worked for me. It caught my interest, which is why I decided to give it a go. But sadly, it didn't work out. Here are a few other strategies that might help you throw out the losers and pick the winners. Make sure you check the table of contents. If the cover and the summary of the back of the book or inside the front cover look good, check out the table of contents. If this is reading that you have picked to help you learn a new skill, for example, 
in other words, a nonfiction book, then you'll want to make sure the topics covered are actually what you want to read about. The table of contents can help you figure that out without having to read anything more. The table of contents is like skimming the entire book in just a few seconds. You won't know everything that the writer has written, but you'll know where the author is going to take you and what they'll be talking about. Use this to help you decide if you want to go deeper with that book. The second idea is to get random. And I got this great idea from an, a website called OnTesol. And the link to that article and to that website will be in the show notes. But the idea is this. Randomly open the book to a few pages and begin reading. If you're able to read through the entire page and you're understanding it, and there's not too many words that are just too difficult for you that you don't know, several new words, by the way, are fine, and there should actually be a word here or there on the page that, hmm, that's new for me, but not too many. Like, if every line or so there are new words or words that you're kind of like, I don't know what they're trying to tell me, that might be an indicator that the book is too difficult. Or if you've gone through the whole page and you're still kind of feeling like you didn't understand what was in there, that's also a good indication that the book is just a little bit too far ahead of your current reading skills. And that's okay. Put it back. Try another one. If after opening it and randomly reading that one page, you're still not entirely sure, you're not convinced yet, close the book and repeat that procedure again. Open a random page, this time at a different section of the book, and read it. If you're able to understand most of what is happening on the page, then it's likely a safe book for you to pick up. Remember, too many new words or pages that you're not understanding at all will be frustrating for you because the book is likely well above your reading level. Put it back. Frustrating and too difficult lead to discouragement, which are not key ingredients to a fun, enjoyable reading habit. Remember, you want to aim for material that is just slightly above you. Slightly above will not be overwhelming. You'll be able to grow your vocabulary without overdoing it. But beware of making it too easy. If you've done those two random page tests and you haven't picked up on any new words, they've all been words you know and it felt super easy to read, then perhaps attempt the test one more time. Open randomly and at a different section of the book than before. If there's still much, not much of a challenge for you, feel free to read that book. You're still exposing yourself to English, which is great, but you might also consider looking for something a little more complex. Reading something that is easy to you will boost your self-confidence, but it might not be able to help you to grow your vocabulary. Don't allow yourself to become too comfortable with books like this. Push yourself a little. The final idea I want to leave you with today is this. Even after you've screened or checked out your book before you started reading it and it looked like it would be an excellent option for you, 
never forget to follow your interest. If your book stops keeping you interested, if it suddenly feels overwhelmingly difficult, or if it feels more like a chore to read than fun, don't force yourself. Don't don't force yourself to keep going. Trade it in. Find something new. Your fun-filled reading habit depends on it. And by the way, so does your vocabulary building work for the CELPIP exam or your English in general. My friend, are you struggling right now with your CELPIP prep? Does it feel like you're lost and everyone around you knows what they're doing except you? Don't be afraid to ask for help. And if you don't have someone to ask, um, hello, I'm here, and I'm not even waiting for you to ask for help. I'm inviting you to come and work with me. I'm an experienced English teacher and certified CELPIT trainer, and I can help you prepare for your exam. So if you're ready to stop feeling overwhelmed with what to study next for the CELPIP exam, and if you're ready to get friendly support and encouragement when you're having a hard time, then today is the day for you to connect with me. I want to work with you. Just go to www.selfipsuccess.com forward slash listener, and you'll get a 25% discount when you join the Selfip Success School. I'll put a link for that in my show notes, but that link again is selfipsuccess.com forward slash listener, and you will get a 25% discount. The Selfip Success School combines weekly assignments that you can do on your own with unlimited support from me, as well as weekly live coaching calls. Let's work together and conquer the CELPIP exam.